Hey, I'm John. And I'm Becky. And this is the We Are For Good podcast. Nonprofits are faced with more challenges to accomplish their missions and the growing pressure to do more, raise more, and be more for the causes that improve our world. We're here to learn with you from some of the best in the industry, bringing the most innovative ideas, inspirational stories, all to create an impact uprising. So welcome to the good community. We're nonprofit professionals, philanthropists, world changers, and rabid fans who are striving to bring a little more goodness into the world. So let's get started. Hey, hey, we are so excited. We have got the amazing Brittany Fowler on the podcast today. Tennessee representing. We got some Tennessee in the house. And so you get look forward to a really amazing accent. Let's just get that out on the table. <laughs> but Brittany is the master of stewardship. So if you are looking for our listeners that are charged with leading the impact story at their nonprofit. Brittany has got some incredible ideas of how they have done that. They've transformed the University of Tennessee's program. And so I just can't wait to dive into our conversation today. And you just get to meet her. She is infectious with her personality. So Brittany, she's on the line. Can you say, hey? Hi, everyone. Good to see Hi, you. Hey, um, y'all, between Tennessee and Oklahoma, we are living up to all of our stereotypes. Thank you for that. And we also need to point out that the University of Tennessee is the only university that has a philanthropic mascot, Right. The, so volunteers. Sure the volunteers, the volunteers, it's exactly. wonderful. So we are in good company. It's so nice to have you on today. Thank you so much for having me. So Brittany, how do you end up leading stewardship at the University of Tennessee? What is your journey? What brought you here? And just kind of connect some of the dots for us. Yes, I um, I have been very fortunate all along the way. I'll just start off by saying I'm extremely blessed. Um, I got a job actually at Ole Miss before I was at Tennessee, and I was a program coordinator for an amazing program called the Mississippi Excellence in Teaching Program. I really was not at all familiar with higher education or nonprofit. I had come from um, luxury retail, so Going into this world was very interesting. They had a $13 million um, gift to them to collaborate with Ole Miss or University of Mississippi and Mississippi State to bring teachers to uh, the state of Mississippi. So it was a full ride and a study abroad program with the caveat that once you graduated, you taught in Mississippi for five years. It was incredible to see these amazing students with these high academic achievements wanting to not just give back and teach, but teach in Mississippi, which has its own, you know, things that come with that. So a lot of poverty, um, lower pay, things like that, but people were so driven to make a difference. So I, that was my first step in learning how scholarships work and how endowments work and gifts and what it takes to show the impact from that. And then my husband's job, fortunately, transferred us to the Knoxville area, and I got a job as an assistant director of donor relations. I have fallen madly in love with the University of Tennessee and working here, and I was able to move up, and now I am where I am as senior director of stewardship and donor relations. What a wonderful story. That we is all a kind great of fall journey. into this, don't we? I feel like there's the point in time when you just hit the tipping point and you just fall into this. I would like to see some statistical analysis around like 
is it 90% of people who never meant to go into development that are actually in development? Because we no one signs up for this except for, I guess, Julie, our resident hype <laughs> when, girl. When you go to college for it, I guess you're kind of signing up for it. Yes, yeah, <laughs> she, she went to a very progressive university that had a philanthropic and nonprofit track, so that's wonderful. I know, isn't that kind of great? And that's I'm just crazy. thinking I your luxury real estate. Never. Oh. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. Seeing your luxury real estate had to play into dealing with high level donors too. I mean, those experiences all parlay into the same kind of idea. And it's, it's very people. funny coming from Saks Fifth Avenue where we wrote thank you notes to people after major purchases and making sure that they were happy with it. And you translate that and it's, oh, you gave us a gift to the university. Well, we write thank you notes too. And growing up (laughs) in the South, I mean, I've been writing thank you notes since I was eight years old. So that's just, and to make a, to make that a job, I mean, talk about a dream come true. (laughs) That, that is your jam and how much more fulfilling that must be for you to say, thank you for this nice gift that could have enabled, you know, maybe a teaching scholarship versus thank you for buying this mink. You know, there's a very (laughs) distinct difference. Far easier to talk and how you're supposed to say what you're going to do with the gift and, you know, all these things that you're taught to write. Thank you, Ned. Well, it's much easier versus buying jeans than, oh, you helped give someone a scholarship to go to college. That's incredible. So, well, we love university life. We started our careers there. And I mean, I still call it the land of milk and honey because it is (laughs) the greatest time in everyone's life. You have a built in donor base with your what we would call grateful patients and your alumni and it's just such a happy time of life and so um, I will I will have my development confession that I was a public relations major in college and I'm a writer which means that I automatically can't do any math whatsoever and so I had huge imposter syndrome when I got to the university even trying to figure out what the heck is an endowment I mean it took me probably a year to figure out how would I communicate what that is and what it does to a donor and you've been working in this space and we're going to double click on that a little bit in our conversation and I'm just curious if you kind of had that same experience when you were getting into higher ed. Absolutely and as I've moved up I think it's just natural to have imposter syndrome like you want me in charge of this like it seems (laughs) so crazy but at the same time I think that's this is a newer field emerging in stewardship so there's a lot of us who who feel very um, green in the field, but it hasn't been around that long to be very seasoned. So, which is very exciting, I think, is kind of make it up as you go along and you try new things and experiment and sometimes it fails and sometimes it, it blooms into something you never thought it could be. So that is one of my favorite things about this job is it's constantly trying new things and And with COVID happening and us going remote, how we've had to pivot digitally and try to continue those engagements with donors and making sure that we're still showing impact and talking to the right people to make sure funds are spent the right way. It's really changed our whole world. I mean, I'm, I'm at home right now, not in my office, but still being able to make those impacts, I think is, is great. I love that. Would you mind setting the stage for where the University of Tennessee was um, just a few years ago when y'all kind of implemented all these programs? I know we talked right before this that y'all were in the middle of a huge campaign. Can you kind of paint the picture of that and what the time and season was like 
at the organization? Absolutely. So I've been at the university for five years now. And when I got here, we were already in the silent phase of our Join the Journey campaign. It has been our largest campaign in history with a goal of $1.1 billion, which just saying the word billion kind of takes my breath away still because yep. that's so huge. You're part of the three comma uh, club. So we we publicly launched in September of 2017, which was truly baptism by fire for me into the world of going into a campaign. So we had this amazing launch where we had interactive experiences for our donors. So before you go into a dinner where you know at the end of the night it's going to be, it's going to be an ask. Um, but we we made it to where they got to take essentially a nursing class. So we had the mannequins of the nursing mannequins that they use that like seize up and then the nurses spring to action. So they got to see that. We had a mind controlled remote car that some of our top donors could make a car move with their mind oh that God. our college of Tickle College of Engineering has been working on. And getting to see all of this develop and show it, I think was pivotal in our success because we have reached our $1.1 billion goal a year and a half early, which is, and thank goodness it happened before COVID, right? (laughs) Glad we reached the goal. Amen. Preach. Yes. (laughs) And so we had so much momentum that our leadership, which I cannot speak highly enough of our vice chancellor for advancement was like, no, we're just going to keep going. And we just closed it at the end of the, this fiscal year, which was June 30th at 1.33 billion. So wow. it's been a great year where we're, we continue to set records, even immense COVID uh, our last fiscal year, we had a record number of donors, even despite having slowed down maybe in the dollar goal, people are still caring. And I think it's a lot of the messaging, which I will not take all the credit for by any means, our communications team, they're rock stars, but just continuing to show the impact and continue to just fundraise at the same time, there's always going to be a need at universities. And so a big thing for us currently and then definitely at the end of last year was raising money for our student emergency fund which has done amazing things for students to help them just be able to finish school because they couldn't afford groceries or they didn't have wi-fi so providing hot spots and money for food it's it just goes and it proves to me what we're doing matters not just in their education but in someone's entire life Oh, wow. that's one of those heart explosion moments for me because it's like you, you that is the power of philanthropy moving into spaces that we could have never anticipated. You could have never gone to a donor and said, could you provide some Wi-Fi or some food for some for some students six months ago? But now the need is so acute. It's like, yes, I want to step up and equip them with whatever it is. And the other thing I want to point out is about what you said, which I think is so brilliant, which is we need to give a shout out to our donor relations and stewardship folks, because when campaigns end, when campaign ends, that's when your work really begins. You know, you really have to start digging your heels into impact and, and saying thank you and beginning that process. And I mean, how many, you, you had how many new donors to your campaign? Uh, well, our total donor count, our goal was 102455, which is what Neyland Stadium holds. 
And I think we're Holy at, smokes. How did you time we're that? We're over 105, 105,000 unique donors throughout the campaign. I mean, that, that is, is so transformational, right, I love John? that you tied it back to the stadium. Like how, you know, it's so hard for people to Oh, that's so relevant. Like, we packed up the stadium with donors. That is an incredible yeah. feat. More than. More I mean, than, yeah. it would have people overflowed with the number of people, <laughs> yeah. which is, that's, including the people, the the people at the nacho <laughs> stands. So yes, got it. Good for you. I love that vision. Oh, that's great. So tell us a little bit about, um, and this electronic endowment reporting. I mean, on the surface, people are falling asleep. Electronic endowment <laughs> reporting, right? Because it's just not the the, the most hip topic <laughs> to, to discuss. <laughs> but you really took an innovative approach to it. Um, and I want you to just tell our listeners a little bit about what you did to leverage this this tactical thing that you needed to deliver to donors. So we're in the midst. They haven't been delivered yet, but so we are laying all the groundwork right now, and we are using a platform called Otter, O-D-D-E-R, which is on-demand digital endowment reporting, and is a partnership with ThankView, MSP Digital, and Lynn Wester. And we've been, we were very early adopters of ThankView. You can ask JDBB who is our CEO, who loves Thank You more than anyone, and it would be me. I tell, <laughs> I'm telling everyone who will listen to me, it is so worth the money. Um, they, The way that we are able to personally show a video to someone and talk about their endowment report, which is what we are doing this year. So we're, we're putting it all digital. There'll be a video component where they will hear from the chancellor about what endowments are doing in the university, which is so critical right now because we're, we're using those unrestricted funds that have maybe been given or we're using endowments in as many ways as possible to provide as much access for students during these hard times as we can. It's so, it's, it's more important now than ever before, I feel like. So with uh, digital endowment reporting, there'll be different tabs so they can see their financials. And we are gonna send a note out saying, just so you know, it's been a weird year. So if they look <laughs> a little different than before, I, everyone can agree. Yeah. Props it, for not, being human and being genuine yes. and authentic in your communication. And wanting to just be completely transparent with what we're doing. We, we are making investments still because that is the only way for the university to continue to move forward in these times. And we have the best people that we possibly can making those decisions. So it's not me. Um, it's people who have very uh, good touch on how all of that works. And then our job is just to report that in a digital way that they can easily print if they want to print for their records. They can store it digitally if they're like me and I, I do all of my bill paying online. So all of that is kept on there anyways. And we're also able to show uh, the exact impact they had. So if your scholarship went to support Susie Smith, you'll get a picture of Susie Smith along with uh, questions that she answered that we we solicited from her, like, how has the scholarship affected you? What are your plans if you're graduating? What are your plans post-graduation? And it's going to be all collated into one email that they receive so they can see pictures of their student. They can see the financial side of things, the expenses. They can see the chancellor talking about the importance. And then in some cases, if they are... Uh, you know, very college specific, we'll have the video of the dean as well. So it's getting them as face-to-face -face as we can right now 
access and hearing directly from the people who are making the decisions and seeing the pictures of the students who have who have the one-off one one-on-one impact of their philanthropy. Hey friends, we hope you're enjoying this conversation. Want to dive deeper? Head over to weareforgood.com backslash hello to join our mailing list, The Good Community, and start embracing innovation and goodness. You'll be connected to all the resources, tips, tools, and show notes shared here. It's a treasure trove of freebies and maybe even some complimentary swag. Now let's get back to this awesome feel-good conversation. It just makes me smile. It's just Me good. too. I can, get, I can nerd out about digital endowment reporting and impact reporting all day. <laughs> well, it, it's, it's, I, th- I think it's so interesting to me because when you have such high level of, of customization as you've created here, the connectivity just goes up. It has to for the donor. And so your ability to see a picture of your scholarship recipient transforms this sort of nebulous thing that I've given into, oh, that is a human being. And here is their story. And I'm already getting emotionally invested in that. And it just creates so much more connection. And I just, I commend you all because I just think that that is a sophisticated level of thinking of how to make those connections to impact uh, right back to the donor. And I'm sure there's just a lot of good juju going on um, when you send that. And it's so relevant. Well, one of the things, too, that we will have the opportunity, we send, we've sent in the past always in the mail. So I don't know if you open the mail that we have spent hours and hours making this perfect piece, and then people could throw it in the trash. It could get lost. Who knows? We can see if someone doesn't open this email. So that gives us the opportunity for the development officer who has that relationship to go back and say, just so you know, it's in your inbox and it's not one of those things. If you get that text or you get that call, you know, oh, well, let me check when I get home, see if it's in the mail stack. It's, oh, it's right here. So it gives, we know we can show more impact and hopefully more people will actually see it. I, I would like to think everyone opens all their mail from us, <laughs> but as a person who sometimes just goes, whoops, um, we know that's not the case. So it's it's really great. And, the, and we do have the opportunity to print for some of our maybe older donors who don't want to do that, we will make all accommodations to make sure that people are getting their financial information as well as their impact, which to me is just as important, if not more. I love it. Y'all are such on the leading edge of best practice with that. A lot of our listeners, you know, are not going to be at as big of shops as what you're coming from right now. What's some just practical advice of if you can't do a full-fledged digital undertaking like that, what is, you know, a really good key of where to start with stewarding, you know, a long-term donor, like in a different way? I think you have to have your financial piece. That's part of your fiduciary responsibility is to make sure that you are providing what, what their money is doing. So particularly with endowments. And then what we used to do, and our shop is, we're medium-sized. We're five people right now. We started when we, it was one six years ago and we've grown wow. to five. So it's, it's, we are very grateful. Um, but we used to do impact reporting separately in the spring. So it was two touches for us though. We've decided if we could show the two together, I think it's a bigger impact. So this is what your money went to. This is the student who benefited and showing it together, I think has, 
more more power to it than two separate pieces, which is hard. It's very hard because you're working, you know, we're a year behind what we're showing. So it's your students from last year who benefited from this scholarship sure. because we're all based off the fiscal year. Um, but we, we, we've gotten a lot of good feedback getting to see, oh, okay, now I can connect $5,000 was spent. These this is the five base. students or whatever got a scholarship. Got it. So. And you don't know that. that you've done this, but this is, we did not tell Brittany to do this, but it is perfectly <laughs> on point with what we say about balancing the fundraising, the science and the art of it. I mean, you're really talking about providing something that's left brain and providing something that's right brain. And so you've got the head and the heart coming together. And to me, that's where the magic happens because we cannot be reporting out on just those financial pieces because yes, we need to do that. And you're right. We do have a fiduciary responsibility to to that reporting back but it's like the connection and the inspiration comes from the other and we get greater engagement so so good on you guys for doing that um and one thing I just kind of wanted to back up and ask you because I don't think all of our listeners may know what thank you is and I really appreciate that you brought that company up because we've used them as well and we're big fans of Lynn Wester and what she does and her authenticity uh, authenticity tribe that she has going on so can you tell uh, people a little bit about what thank you is and how you leveraged it yes yeah, so thank you is a video platform to where you can send um, thank you notes via video so we have used this tool in so many ways uh, one thing that the most recent thing that we've done is with under COVID, we had to pivot. So we, our chancellor has, is, I cannot speak highly enough of Dondi Plowman. Um, she has decided, she decided no student worker would lose their job because they had to go remote, which is huge. How many student workers we have across campus, particularly, yes, Yes. particularly our telephone students who were calling and soliciting And we decided this is not the appropriate time to be soliciting in this manner. So we were still soliciting for other things like our student emergency fund, but we really changed how we did that. So to keep these students employed, we trained them to send thank you videos to our donors. So the students who used to be the ones who call, you know, give to your alma mater. Now they're the ones on video saying, thank you so much for giving to a university. It means so much to you and me. It's keeping me employed and you are helping students just like me all across campus. So we have gotten amazing feedback and anytime we can show students and connect a true story, I think that makes the most impact. So I talked a little bit about fundraising for our student emergency fund. For donors on Giving Tuesday Now, when that happened, we had students who truly benefited from it. One got a hotspot and I think a little, some money for groceries. Well, he was so willing and generous to film videos to tell donors, like, you didn't help just students like me. You helped me. I'm the one who needed a hotspot because I live in rural Tennessee and there's not good service out here. And you helped pay for my groceries because my job is, you know, this is it. Wow. <laughs> so That's awesome. it's, it was incredible. We also use it. We use it all the time, but we <laughs> thank you for our grateful vol day, which is where we try to thank all donors from the previous fiscal year. So we have students film videos for different segments and it's a big day where students write thank you notes. 
um, they get t-shirts and we educate about philanthropy. It's going to be different this year, but we still will be leveraging sending videos of students who can truly show I am a beneficiary of your philanthropy. I love that. Is that something that you've seen kind of ushered in because we're big on creating cultures of philanthropy, you know, wherever you're at, how does, how do you engage everybody, the whole team in the process from at a university, you're talking of thousands and thousands of people to activate. Is that something that you've kind of grown over time or what's that look like? Yes. And it, I, it does not come from me. I'm very, very fortunate. Our vice chancellor for advancement, Chip Bryant, is such a proponent of stewardship and educating on philanthropy. So he has empowered us to go out and make sure that we're talking about the follow-up all the time. It's not just after a gift. There is another piece. And then we have our student alumni engagement uh, program as well. And so they she and I, Jenna Martin, we work very close together. She educates students. So we've been in a campaign for eight and a half years. Well, if I'm a student, I don't know what that means. So that's her job is to go out and tell that story and say, even if you don't have a scholarship, if you're sitting in the brand new student union, you have benefited from donor support. So really changing how we show that students have benefited, because they all have, I mean, myself included, I benefit from student or from donor philanthropy all the time, just by facilities on campus. And, you know, you can even give to the campus fund that helps for beautification. And I get to see pretty flowers growing. I mean, that the things that a university can do with donor funds is incredible and just it's everywhere. So we're trying to just make sure that's part of the culture from the students. And then we have a huge um, faculty staff campaign to give back, which is spearheaded by our annual giving team. And they took it, I think it was 16% gave back. It was either 2012 or 2014. I can't remember. We but will hold I you do to know it. In 2019, the fiscal or two, fiscal year 2020, we had over 61% of faculty staff give Dang. back. So over half of the university who make, you know, it ranges from minimum wage to, you know, coach salary. Across that board, 61% are giving back because they believe in the university, they care about students, and they're seeing, I think, just being able to see the proof that it's moving the university forward in ways that I don't think any of us imagined would be so grand in such a short amount of time. And for anyone in the employee giving who's not in the employee giving space, 61% is redonkulous. I mean, the (laughs) industry standard is probably somewhere around 30%, something like that, maybe on retention. And so bravo for that. And I have to tell you, I'm geeking out from like five minutes ago where you were talking about, because I just think this is such a radical idea that anybody can employ, using students for thank you videos to share how they have been impacted by philanthropy is from a marketing perspective, so mind blowing to think of the, what you could do with hundreds of videos like that. Your arsenal is completely full of gratitude and the symbiotic nature of not only delivering that back to a donor, but even putting just a pen in that's that moment in time for a student to stop, reflect, 
understand gratitude, be a part of giving, you know, that is where real cultures of philanthropy uh, really begin because you have started with someone so young that's already a part of this process and they understand that they have received this gift and they're trying to pay it forward. So I just think that's wonderful. I think that's a great hack for everybody listening. I mean, just simple videos that people can send in during this time of COVID that talk about their experience at your organization. I just think that that is social media gold. I think that's website gold. I think you could just use that in so many ways. So congratulations. And the good thing about thank you too, is students are recording themselves, especially now we can't be in the room together even. So the videos, you know, you get the bloopers in the background, you get a dog walking by and you get, it's the best when that happens. (laughs) It's so much more real than you know, the post photo where they're wearing all our logoed gear and we have them in this perfect setting, which is great. And it's got its place. But I think now we're in such a raw time where people are home and we're more vulnerable and I'm wearing stretchy pants, but you need to be able to have it. So people know that these are real students. It's not someone that a hired actor, even because you don't always know these are students who are in their house trying to do the best that they can given the circumstances. So that's the one of the best parts about thank you is how authentic you can have a video be. Love it. And what would be missed, you know, if you if you waited out for perfection, you know, I feel like we keep seeing this as a thread of just like just show up and and collect it. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's wonderful. I I have a question just that I love to ask people in stewardship and donor relations, just because you have this unique lens onto this very particular part of philanthropy, which is impact and seeing sort of these miracles unfold. So I wonder if there's a particular story that you have that you've been able to witness um, in your position where the mission just completely came to life and came very full circle and inspired you and anything that you could share with our listeners. We have a major donor on campus who has given all across campus. I mean, he, they are involved in athletics, engineering, education, um, vet med, all these pieces. So it's not just pigeonholed into one thing. Well, we had them on campus to give an impact tour. And so it was a physical tour. We, we got a car. We had students stationed at each place. And we drove them around so they could see the full impact. We went to uh, our vet med hospital and they got to go into, it was kind of a crummy space. It was where they do their, um, it sounds weird. They were like mannequin cats and it's teaching you. Yes, yes. (laughs) It was the wildest thing I'd ever seen. And it was very interesting and very state of the art, but the room itself, it was an older building on campus. We all have those. Well, what was so magical is they are the they are the donors who are making it possible. They're getting a new facility because of their philanthropic leadership. So for them to get to see, oh, I'm helping to create a new building, but look what they're coming from. Like what a who needs a new this needs a new building. And then driving around and getting to see, meet with students that they knew personally. So they had benefited from their scholarship and they got to have lunch with their donor who they they've talked to via they send thank you notes or thank yous and it's sometimes a little more one-sided but getting them together in a room so oh are you still studying civil engineering or did you change and and getting to have those conversations and then ending the day with a meeting with the chancellor and the vice chancellor and just talking about 
and it wasn't an ask at the end. It was all like, I hope you've enjoyed your day because look at, look at what is possible because of you. So that was one of those major gift donors where you're just like, oh my goodness, look how much one person has not just done themselves, but has activated others to do as well. So their gift may be, you know, the, the main gift, but it inspires so many others and you reach so many scholarship recipients who then they will be inspired. So getting to see this massive ripple effect of what one donation can do that started with, just like the rest of us, a gift right after graduation of five or $10. So it's, wow. it's really beautiful to get to see the full circle and to show that is, you know, it's like Christmas. You're like, look at all these amazing things. <laughs> She's in stewardship heaven. She is in and stewardship. and yeah. it's so great because if print stewardship is stewardship 1.0 and we know video is probably about stewardship 2.0 experiential is got to be stewardship 3.0 so I just love that and you're so right and I want to make sure we don't just gloss over something really important that you just said which is taking our donors and giving them experiences that are not just about asking and soliciting mm -hmm. it's like donors want us don't want us coming to the trough every single time and we all know that fundamentally but I really appreciate how you tied that back even just to have $5 first time donation and what it could be. So I love that story. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. So Brittany, we ask all of our guests to share one good thing, something that you could, you know, implement today. If you're at a nonprofit, what is one good thing that you would inspire us that you could take action on? I am an organization like crazy person. I love <laughs> to have everything. Sorry to interrupt. I know but, it's I mean, so it perfect. Look at her bricks. They're look so organized, John. Oh, look My to-do list every single day. <laughs> typed out and then I write I all over her. it so I can make sure everything's I've done. Got my to -do list I here, think you. Oh, oh that's beautiful. <laughs> I think if log on to our YouTube you can see all these videos. <laughs> yeah, these to do lists. <laughs> all these if I just think being organized is the best thing you can do and identifying your top donors and start making organization lists for them. So we have individualized stewardship plans for 20 people, 21 people across campus. I hold 15 of those and I just make sure, oh, you're on this committee. I need to type, like have this in a location to where if something happens to me tomorrow, you can pick right back up and know, oh, they're on this committee. So they'll be on campus for this. So they'll be in this Zoom meeting because a lot of engagement pieces happen well beyond the development team. So being able to be in touch and just have a list of what they're doing so you can help spread out the love a lot, because if they're going to a board meeting, they're going to get a ton of information and they're going to get special treatment and all these fun things. So maybe hold off on our impact piece that we were going to send them till the next month so we can spread things out. And that way it looks more impactful. And it looks like and we do communicate better across teams. So having that open line of communication with your colleges and athletics so we can know what's going on for our top donors and making sure that we we spread our love out across time. So it's not, hey, here's August and here's all the stuff. So we can spread it out. But I think that's great. I love that your one thing is to spread the love out because it's so true. I mean, how do you take what you know is coming and and take it throughout the whole year. So it just feels like so much more. It feels so much richer throughout the entire 
seasons. So I love that advice. So I know. Good. I feel like I, this podcast is lifting up all these amazing hashtags, like <laughs> hashtag spread the spread leg, the hashtag stretchy pants, because <laughs> I feel it. I am feeling you too. <laughs> that is the about the one good thing about working from home. You yes. know, we usually end our podcast just asking all of our guests, why are you for good? Because we're really trying to drill down into the heart of why are we in this business? It's got to be more than a paycheck. And we're wondering what what your one thing is that the reason why you are for good in this world? I think I am for good because I can see the good in people. And especially working in nonprofit, you get to see students who are truly just so overwhelmed with gratitude from getting a scholarship and being someone who paid for my own college. I know how stressful and struggling that can be. And so getting to see the impact of students who have benefited from a scholarship or if they have a crisis that the university, we have the ability to spring into action to help people on a very real level. It's a microcosm of who we're working with, but it's spreading out to the whole community and our entire state. So for me, just getting to see these small sparks that I know are going to create, you know, these massive fires one day of amazing philanthropic um, actions, just to me is so inspiring and just to get to see See where it all starts is a beautiful thing. And you're right, because it adds an extra layer when you work at a philanthropy who has directly benefited you. And I think Brittany's a Clemson graduate, but she has her master's from University of Tennessee. And so that, again, is another full circle moment where I think we have a lot of people probably listening who are working in the nonprofit that helped them, whether it's in healthcare or whether you benefited from a social service and you in the university setting. I just think it makes our work more deep and more meaningful so thank you for bringing that up and you're a delight Brittany Fowler such a delight Brittany you're gonna have a little fan club started so we'd love to connect people to you what's the best way to get in touch with you and where do you like to hang out online (laughs) yes I would say the best way is go through uh, gratitude at utk.edu is our email address that is that way we can spread the love my team is incredible Incredible. So if you want to talk about endowment reports, Avery Howard is going to be your man and we can get it to him. Um, if you want to talk about um, any of our smaller colleges and how we're working with them, Juliet Kesterson, Margaret McMillan can't do anything wrong. She is our assistant who is the glue that binds us. And then Katie Layton is brand new to our team and is taking on the general relations. So events and moving things digital acknowledgement. So we I don't want people to just talk to me. Our whole team can do anything. So we'll, we'll point you in the right direction at gratitude uh, at utk.edu. We'll definitely put that in the show notes. So it'll be easy to access if you're listening, but this has been an absolute delight. Uh Goodness, Thank you so much for all your wisdom and your infection. 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 Thank you for infecting us during this time of COVID <laughs> virtually. You do have an infectious personality though, I will say. You you're you're a delight and um I thank you so much for you know, casting your net over the whole team, because I mean, that is really what philanthropy is about is kind of getting in lockstep and knowing we can't do this alone because it's such a beast. So thank you for shout out to your team. That was really kind. Okay. They're the best. Thanks so much for tuning in. Isn't Brittany's ethos amazing? Head over to weareforgood.com for additional resources, conversations, and Brittany's show notes. If you loved what you heard today, would you consider subscribing and leaving us a rating and review? It may sound crazy, but this really does help more people find us and join our community. 
Thanks, friends. Our production hero is the incomparable Julie Confort. Hi. Our theme song is Sunray by Remy Borsboom. Sorry about the name butchering. Show notes, resources, freebies, and more available at weareforgood.com. Rabbit fans have always powered the We Are For Good podcast, but now Rabbit fans can get even more goodness and access by joining Good Friends. It's our listener support community for the We Are For Good podcast. Good Friends comes with perks, exclusive episodes with John and I, including The Good Brief, our new monthly cliff notes of the greatest takeaways and lessons learned from that month, and exclusive AMA episodes where we answer your burning questions and tap our community of experts. Join now or learn more at weareforgood.com backslash friends. We can't wait to see you inside. That's weareforgood.com slash friends.